Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Jay and Pastor Robbie talking about the sermon from October 3rd, 2021. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. I am your energetic host, Jay. And joining me today is an equally energetic host, Robbie. That that might be a problem. Yeah. Because rule number one is you have to have more energy than I do. Otherwise, this podcast does not survive. I do. If this may be, we're, we're going to test it. We're going to test it. All right. Let's give it a go. We're going to give it, we're going to give it old, the old college try. Where does that come from? I don't know. Are they the only people that try? Do you stop trying once you leave college? I think only people, evidently, evidently, well, but it sounds kind of patronizing, right? So it's kind of like the old college try is something you say when somebody's like, yep, you're probably not going to succeed, but you know, you gave it a whirl. <laughs> Give it a shot. Yeah, it's what you say about someone that failed, but hmm. gave it a, you know. We're, we're not going to accomplish shot. this, but we're going to, we're going to try, we're going to give it our, our feeblest effort. Yeah. Let's, pretty, let's not do that. Let's, that pretty a, let's much approach describes my college life. Let's, let's approach this the podcast with more than that. More than that effort. Well, you we should be able to because oh man, now my voice is cracking. That's how So what happens when you're trying to force energy? You start <laughs> push too hard. Um so you actually teased the podcast in the message this weekend, which I thought was interesting. This is going to start oh. to be well, that's a way of increasing listenership. Well, a, potentially. Well, it's a yeah. Hopefully, it's a, yeah. It's a college try. If people, it's it's a college try. Yeah. It's the old college. It's the try. old college. It's not try. the new college not the try. New college. It's the old college try. Like we're trying to, you're trying to drum up new listeners. I wonder if there's anybody that thought that when they heard that, like, ah, oh, they're trying to trying to get the podcast. Yeah, that definitely wasn't. Bump, that was me bump. looking at my notes and going, this would probably be a distracting illustration right now. I but but maybe helpful to someone at some point. So we'll talk about it later. I think I'm gonna start doing that. I'm just randomly going to, in the middle of the sermon, be like, start to say something and then stop and go, ah, I'll share it in the podcast. Get get a few, get like a sentence and a half into it. Yeah. So that, so that you've caught oh, my like interest, a... like a little teaser. Oh man. So really the I most mean... important thing you could possibly know about this is, well, tell you what, we'll just talk about it in the podcast. Yeah. Well, the thing that really, the, the thing that really upsets me about how Robbie thinks about this is actually that's not appropriate here. I'll just podcast. We'll talk about it in the podcast. Yeah, when he has a chance to defend himself. <gasps> oh, that, would, that might work. That's like clickbait. There it is. That's what we should start naming the podcast. Of, is the podcast over? <laughs> right. Is this our last Is this podcast our last ever? podcast? No. No, it's not. Nope. I mean, Lord willing. Like, <laughs> right. Well, Jay and Robbie get into a fight. We're no gonna one name, can be we should sure. Name, we should name that this one. Jay and Robbie get into a fight. And then we'll see if people click on it more. That is that is the definition of clickbait. You, you people love baiting up here. They bait deer, they bait bears, they bait they bait. Baity bait. That's true. I'm not I'm not making a statement so. one way or another. No, people I know. have yeah. very strong feelings. I'm just not I'm not a hunter, so I don't I don't know. But um I think some of those things you're technically not allowed to bait. So we're not, which, we're not trying to be controversial here, Jay. No, no, but it depends on which side of the state line you're on. Oh, interesting. One state allows it, the other one doesn't. I, I didn't. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, with all your vast I don't, hunting right. experience. Well, between know, the two you know of us, details. I am the authority on baiting laws. Between the two of us, you most certainly are. Which is really relevant to the what you mentioned in the sermon that you said you'd talk about on the podcast of who do you listen to, and um. You were you were making the point in the message. If I I don't want to make a stretch here, but I think that your point was we should listen to Jesus. Uh, you're you're definitely in the ballpark, and by okay. in the ballpark, uh, I mean you nailed it. That's exactly the point. People say I don't listen. Well, excellent listening. Good active listening. Thank you, thank you. So um, yes, the so the whole point was to this week was being with Jesus, which we've talked about abiding. We did a whole series on abiding in Christ. Um, but you really focused in on kind of zeroed in on the whole, like listen to him, watch him. Um, and, and then you also, you made a really emphatic point about how Jesus is not a, is not a concept. Um, I, I forget all the different things you said now. It was on our, Christoph did a nice little, I about said meme, but it wasn't a meme. He did a nice little 
quote block graphic. A little graphic. There you go. Graphic quote. He did. Um, I uh, uh, Full credit where credit is due. A, 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 at least half of that quote is uh, from the incomparable Eugene Peterson. That, I, that idea of just reminding reminding ourselves and each other that Jesus is not a list of doctrines, right? He is not, he is not this idea, this philosophy, this concept. And when he is, when we treat him like he is, then we can debate, you know, well, how does, what does this look like? And how, how should this flesh out in this culture? And we can have all sorts of disagreements about what those are. Um, those, most of those things dissipate when we remember He's, he's actually a person to know. He actually said what his opinions are on these things. He actually told us how to obey those things. And, and, and a lot of that confusion can vanish or at least, at least clear up a bit when, when we go directly to Jesus instead of viewing him as this concept that I go to other people to get their opinion of what they think he might have been thinking in that moment instead of just listening to him directly. Yeah, so I, here's what I thought was great about that quote and what was so profound about it to me was it is such, it's one of the, I love quotes that are really obvious, but hit really hard. Hmm. Nobody, nobody in that room was listening to that and saying, no, I believe that Jesus is a list of doctrines, but we function as though that's the case. Far and so I think often, it, yeah. it hit that. And I think part of the reason we do that is because that's what we do with, that's what we have to do with everybody else. So, you know, back when, when disciples would follow a rabbi, like they're following his teaching. They're not following, you know, the rabbi per se. They do for a while, but eventually what is left of that rabbi when he dies is just his teachings. And so then those teachings get passed down and they talk about, you know, being in this, this particular school of thought or whatever. And we do that. That's not just in the Christian world. You do it in the philosophy world yeah. and they do it in, um, you do it in the, in basically every field you could think of. That's like right. there's a school of thought in architecture. There's a school of thought in education. There's a school of thought in medical practice. Like, and so you have these great thinkers who lay out a philosophy and then people who buy into that philosophy then pass that down from generation to generation and um and then if there's debate over it it's it's over these this list of ideas it's never it's never about the person who created it like um you know i don't know why but darwinism pops into my head if someone is a like i've even heard that recently of people debating over what is darwinism and like how it's been kind of miscategorized or whatever and it um and so i just find that fascinating but no one's having much conversation over who darwin was hmm. they don't really that doesn't really matter and um and but that's not the way it is with jesus because right. jesus is alive right and like we missed that very important fact that and so what i think that looks like in the christian world is we take the teachings of jesus which i thought you did such a great job of articulating this that it's where we have to be careful with scripture. And it's it's always dangerous when you say anything like that. Like you talked about how Jesus is the word of God. Scriptures are powerful because they point us to Jesus, who is alive. Right. But what we tend to do is we take scripture and we detach it from Jesus. And it becomes this list of values and principles and ideas that we then debate and hang on to. And we, we've created we've created, I mean, this is creating our, our own religion, our own law. When we talk about those things, it's this, it's this idea. And we forget that the author of all things is still very much alive and very much active. It would be, it would be like people, you know, people who are Darwinists arguing about all this while Charles Darwin is just sitting over there in the corner and going, that's, that's not what I said. Yeah. That's not, that's not what I said. Like, yeah, you be quiet. You, I mean, that's <laughs> right. That's almost like what we what we try to do. So why why do we? I mean, other than the fact that that's is it just because we only have a frame of reference for that because we don't because we don't really understand how to interact with the living God um, because that we don't have any other interactions that are like that. Is that why we struggle with that so much? Are there other reasons you think that we tend to tend to do that? Tend to not just say like, hey, well, we should just go to Jesus about this and. I definitely think it's because we don't have very many frames of reference for that, at least not in the exact way. Um, and 
and the I think the unintentional reason, like uh, very few people would say, like the reason that I detach Jesus from Scripture is because of this. But but I think the the underlying, almost like pre-conscious reason, is because when I do that, I can control it. I can't control a person, right? I can I can I can to a degree in the sense that I can I can manipulate or dominate if, in, in some senses, but, but the reality is a person is completely independent from me and I, and I can't control that. If I reduce it to, uh, to ideas, to principles, to doctrines, then I can control, I can manipulate that, I can, I can understand that, I can tweak that to, to fit my, my understanding and my preferences and, and what's comfortable for me they could not do that with Jesus. Like the, the disciples continually tried to do that, to say, oh, okay, now I get you, Jesus, and here's how you fit into our understanding of how everything works and how we want this to be. And his response was constantly, no, no, I don't do that. That's not how I function. That's not how the world works. And that's not how my kingdom operates. Um, and so I think there's at, at least on a subconscious level, you know, maybe that just the way our flesh is... The, the gravity of our flesh is pulling us toward, but but how can I continue to control this? Because I, it's different to say I adhere to this certain group of group of teachings than it is to say I surrender and submit to the authority of this person. Yeah, that's the yeah that's a completely different. I, I think that's a huge piece. Uh, let me ask you this question. Because I, I love I love that you're you're right. Like we, it's it's easier, um, it's more controllable. I can I can twist my um, hmm. ideas. I can I can make ideas fit kind of what I want, but I can't um, I can't do that. I can't do that with a person. I certainly can't do that with God. No. So um, I think I think, and I was just thinking about this as you were talking that. If I ask the question, did I think, sorry, I'm thinking, did Jesus come to teach the Bible or does the Bible given for us to learn about Jesus? And again, that's another question I think most people would say, well, obviously, okay, yes, if you're giving me those two options, but I think we underestimate how often we look at Jesus and just think like, well, his job was to, was to clarify scripture. Hmm. And so he, so again, we just treat him like this teacher and we dismiss other worldviews. I mean, there's, there's a whole sect of kind of quasi Christianity that sees Jesus as a really good teacher and appreciates his teachings and his values. And most of us that grew up in a church or if we're a part of a church that believes in scripture and believes in the divinity of Christ and that he, he actually was crucified and rose from the dead. And, um, you know, all those doctrines that we believe and, and love about Jesus, um, that we would be very dismissive of somebody for just referring to him as a teacher. But I see that a lot where we, we see Jesus as kind of just a part of the Bible. Hmm. So we do it when we talk about like, so we have all the epistles, we have, you know, the old Testament, we have all this and Jesus is just, he's contained in these four, these four books of the Bible. Right. And um, yes, he has very important teachings to be said in that, but that, that somehow we think that scripture is bigger than Jesus. And it's, it's not, it's like scripture is this incredible gift that has been given to us by God, that the Holy spirit helps us to understand. Yeah. But what he is always doing is his whole role is to glorify the son who glorifies the father. So the Holy spirit, if he's teaching you about scripture, it's going to be to point out how this is lived out in the life of Jesus, how he fulfills right. this, how he is the source of this or whatever, whatever the case is that all then ends up pointing back um, to him. And I just don't know why that's so hard for us to like, why it's so hard to grasp because we don't listen to Jesus. <laughs> yes, I mean, it really is that it, I, I'm not trying to be silly. Like it really is that simple. Jesus says in John I'm sending you the Holy Spirit so that he will remind you of all that I right. taught you. In Luke chapter 24, Jesus says, Moses and the prophets, the law and the prophets all point to me. It says as he's walking on the road to Emmaus with the two, two followers, 
uh, the, the duration of this walk, he unpacks how all the Old Testament is all about him. So Jesus says, it's all about me. So we, we drift away from that when we stop listening to Jesus and we start listening to the other voices. And I think often most dangerously, the voices that are talking about Jesus, but not actually pointing us to Jesus. That yes. makes sense. Saying like, I represent Jesus and I'm telling you all of these things about him that he himself contradicted in his words, in his teaching, in his life. Okay. So let's talk about that because, because you're right. I mean, I was, what came to my mind was in, at the end of first John, when John says why he wrote it, I, I write these things that you may know the son of God. Like this is yeah. the whole point. The whole reason why yeah. any of them are writing anything is to point to Jesus and so you touch on this of listening to the right voices and you, I think, I thought you gave some really helpful, um, helpful tips of like, how can you discern, um, how, how can you discern if this, if this person is speaking on behalf of Jesus is actually, you know, is actually being an ambassador of Christ. Like yeah. that's one of the terms that is given to those of us who are followers of Jesus. We are to be ambassadors. And as we've talked about before many times, an ambassador's job is not, to give their own thoughts on matters, but is to represent the kingdom or the nation or the people that, that he or she is representing. Like that's yep. the whole, they speak on behalf of the king or, you know, and, or, or the ruler. And, um, they are not given leeway to their own agenda right. or whatever. So that is what we're supposed to be. So when we're listening to people, we should be listening to people who are functioning as healthy ambassadors of Christ. So, how do you, you mentioned a couple of tips of like, how do you know? Cause there's just so much stuff out there. There's so much, stuff. so much stuff. It's, it's a pretty, so much stuff in my way. pocket, right? It's right. not, I don't even, it doesn't even take yeah. any effort anymore to find the stuff. Yeah. It, there's just so much out there. And I've been discouraged by, it. I mean, I've, I've seen people that I used to, I used to see as trustworthy voices sounding less and less like Jesus. Yes. And so I think yeah. that's, you know, as yeah, you're going through this, it is. And as you're going through um, these issues, I think it's some of these tips of how, how do you discern this? And one of those is what you just talked about, the that, um, that there are a lot of people who have reduced Jesus to a list of principles. And so they will talk a lot more about biblical principles and biblical values than they actually talk about Jesus. Yes. And they spend more time trying to um, cast out people who don't, who they see as not standing up for biblical principles or values than they do of actually just proclaiming and, um, and lifting up Jesus. Yes. And, and the danger in that is you can find yourself condemning people who actually are following Jesus because they don't align with your particular doctrines or values. So you end up condemning Jesus in a sense saying the people who are acting exactly the way Jesus acted are wrong and unbiblical that's that's a problem that's that's the definition of doctrinal error when you're accusing Jesus of doing it wrong right so how do you know so what would you be looking for like when you're listening to people um because I thought I thought one really good point that you made um was just in discernment, like learning how to discern. So first of all, the importance of discernment, that discernment, right. I don't know if you want to say anything more about that idea that just, you're basically saying discernment is more important than knowledge. Right. Because, because what we, what we see in, what we see in scripture is not the most knowledgeable that are called. Right. Um, it is not the most educated that are called. So, so knowledge is not a prerequisite, prerequisite. Um, neither is being able to articulate yes. a word. It's not. Um, that's not that's not a prerequisite for for following Jesus, being part of His like inner core, right? I mean, it's a bunch of uneducated um, tradesmen and uh, and political flunkies, right? Like it is it is a a really weird group of people that He calls together, none of whom graduated in the top of their class at rabbi school. Um, 
so and and then we see like these beautiful pictures of like the the blind man who's healed when they're like answer this question answer this question answer this question his response is look here's what i know i was blind and and now i can see and the and the thing that happened in between there was this guy like that's what i know um he discerned that jesus was the source of his transformation that's that's a big deal even though he wasn't able to articulate every other thing um, so that's what we see. That's how we see Jesus sending them out saying, okay, do you know who I am? Great. Now go and tell other people to come to me. Um, you know, in the, in the Bible reading, we're in John now, uh, as a church. And in those first four chapters, you'll see over and over again, come and see, come and see, come and see, mm-hmm. not answer all these doctrinal questions, but come and see this Jesus. Let me take you directly to him. You've got to see this Jesus. And, and so ha- having discernment, I think one of the most important things in that is understanding discernment is not, do I agree with this? Discernment is, does Jesus agree with this? So being able to, to understand, like, does this, does this actually sound like something Jesus would say? Is this what, what I read Jesus doing? When I read the Gospels and I see a picture of who Jesus is, and then I listen to this person talking about how we should live as a Christian, do those things seem in conflict with one another or do they align and if they seem in conflict then do i have people around me who i know are following jesus and know me and love me and we can talk about that and say okay am i misunderstanding how this is in conflict or is this really in conflict with jesus and then be willing to say and if it is in conflict with jesus then i have to change my opinion about this thing and i have to change my behavior in this thing so you ask like what's one of the things that I'm listening for when I listen to to people, the first thing I'm listening for is humility. Yeah. Anybody who who is presenting the argument with I'm the only one that you can listen to. Anyone who disagrees with me is unbiblical or not following Jesus. I'm immediately that's a a huge red flag to me when you start isolating anyone who doesn't agree with me, doesn't take scripture seriously or isn't a real Christian or isn't following as we were talking about before we hit record, Paul himself in Galatians says, if anyone, even me or an angel from heaven comes and tells you a gospel other than the one that I've preached to you, let them or my, let me be accursed. Like, so he includes himself in the, look, I'm human. I'm fallible. Like I'm not, I'm not the end all be all. I am pointing you to Christ who is the end all. And so the first thing is, is humility. Who are, who are you pointing me to as the source? And if you're pointing me to yourself as the source of truth and the one who, like, that's, that is really dangerous. If you're pointing me back to consistently, what, what did Jesus say? What did Jesus do? Who does Jesus say you are because of that? Then, then I want to have ears to hear because he's telling me that person, he or she is telling me whoever they are, wherever they're from, whatever their age, whatever their background, if they're telling me come and see who this Jesus is and what he has said, then, then I want to have ears to hear. So one of the things I think is really important about that is you, you made the comment in the message that learning to discern and to hear the voice of Jesus, which scripture is clear that like Jesus says that my sheep know my voice, like they will hear me, they will listen to me. And, and this idea of like, am I really listening to him? Am I listening for him? And w- one of the ways we do that is, is in prayer. The Holy Spirit um, will speak the words of Jesus. We do hear it through scripture because scripture is the word of God. Um, we do hear it then also in others. We, we, it resonates. And that's, that's right. this idea that, that I can hear you reflecting Jesus when, when, and, um, and that is so critical. Whereas, like the the reverse of that is, um, is when I'm I'm hearing about the content that you're saying, and does this line up with these philosophies? So again, just kind of hitting on that um, that contrast between what does it mean to listen for the heart of Jesus and the actual living Jesus speaking through His people, speaking through His Word, speaking through like the Spirit. Um, learning to discern and hear his voice more than I am trying to check off all these lists. And when you get to do that, you made the point that that actually allows you to listen to more people. Yeah. So now I don't, I don't have to be afraid of, um, 
you know, of, of people who teach, you know, of people from different backgrounds or different theological persuasions or different denominations or different, like there, are, I can listen and hear um, the voice. I, I'll tell you one example for me was for a long time, um, Eugene Peterson was, was maligned in a lot of yeah. conservative theological circles. Yep. You know, he, he did the paraphrase, um, the message and, you know, he's just, he was just a pastor who was just like functioning in his world and was trying to make, um, the Bible, you know, more accessible and, and all that. And I remember, I remember all the criticism of him. And then I would like, listen, I'd read something he wrote or I would listen to him and I could not help but being struck by just how Christ-like he was. Right. And so I remember like yeah. having to drum up this like ire for him because like, well, but you know, I, <clears throat> the message is not a translation and people are using it and that's dangerous because of X, Y, Z or whatever. And totally missing the fact that this dude is just clearly spending huge amounts of time with Jesus and loving people. Right. And to, to call back your earlier illustration, is the guy in the room going, oh, yeah, you probably shouldn't use the message that way. That's not why. Right. Like, I agree with you. That's not the way that you should use right. that. Um, but that doesn't make it a worthless uh, tool no, in understanding who Christ is. What we do is, is we right. take things that people say and then we put them in a, in a box or whatever. And they're looking at it going like, no, I, he never intended that to be a translation. He wasn't expecting that. He's just trying to help people. And those are different conversations. Like you could, you could say like, ah, you know, I, I think, I think this was a great idea or I don't think it was a great idea or whatever, but what, but I can learn from him, um, right. because of the spirit. And, and by contrast, there are people that I agree with doctrinally that I've never been able to listen to because I don't hear Jesus. Right. Maybe saying things that I agree with doctrinally, but I don't. I don't listen to them and feel like, wow, that was, I hear my shepherd's voice. Right. That's right. Which is, which is tricky. So, so when we, and what we can do then is, is excuse that away and say, well, but they're speaking truth, right? That's doctrinal truth and misunderstand again, because we're not listening to Jesus, that Jesus says, no, I am the truth. I am the truth, and therefore, if it lacks Jesus, then we cannot truly call it biblical truth. If it if it just you know, kind of a, you know brushes right. past him, or is kind of thematically similar but lacks him, then we cannot call it no. truth. If it's if it is Christless, I mean, we can call it truth in the in the uh, the the way that if I have two of one thing and then you give me two more, I will then have four. That's truth. It's not. I don't necessarily need Christ to have four apples, um, but don't you? But it's aside from him. Whether you acknowledge it or aside not. Aside from right? him breathing them into existence, right? Um, there's that. There's that part. Um, but in the, re in the in the real sense of this is what God wants me to know and who He wants me to be. If Christ is not the center of it, and He is not both the the object, the end, and the means of that truth, then I cannot call that Christian truth. Can I? No, you can't. And I, I think, so one of the, and I hear from, from well-meaning people, one of the pushbacks they'll give is like, well, but if you're talking about that, then doesn't that just become so nebulous? Like, aren't you, aren't you in danger of just saying like, well, this sounds like something Jesus would say, you know, or when people, I mean, I grew up in a denomination where people use that all the time of contradicting scripture, um, because they would say like, well, Jesus is love. Like Jesus just loved. He would have just loved them, loved these people or these things. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have condemned. He, um, and so therefore that becomes a cover of, we don't take sin seriously. We just kind of, um, which means you're only listening to part of what Jesus said, not all of what Jesus right. said. So again, both, but, both sides of the ditch is you're not listening to all of what Jesus said. Right. And that's where the wrestling as a community comes in, right? Yeah. Like, because when someone says like, well, it's, it's our fear. The, the issue that people often have whenever I have these conversations, I'm talking about like real ones, not like online debates and not, not like, look, there are some times where people just 
they they just want to present their side and tell you why they're wrong. But when I've had real conversations with people who are wrestling with these things, there is a genuine fear of like, well, but if you if you go like from what you're saying, like doesn't that just get all willy nilly then or whatever? And and I just want to say like fear is never the motivating like fear of how things can be abused should never be our should never be the driving force. So we should never look at things and say, well, which one of these is less likely to be abused? Well, then that's safer because that's not a thing because everything is abused, right? Literally everything. That's what the definition of sin is. Sin is not defined by these specific bad things that we can do. And then there are these good things that we can do. Every, every sinful act is a good thing that has been perverted by us by sin like that. Everything. So, so if your definition is I just want to choose the thing that feels like the safer route and the le- the least likely to be abused, like it's safer, that the only place for that is in Christ, is abiding in him, mm-hmm. is knowing him so well that you, you become so familiar with his life, so familiar with what people said about him, so familiar. So like you're not reading Romans as like this doctrine book. You're reading Romans as Paul's letter to this church to tell them about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and what that means for us now. So when you are reading scripture to see Jesus, you start to see him and understand him and, and, you know, more and more, and you recognize his voice, that's your discerning, that's your discernment tool. And it's not safer to detach from that and just go into like treating the Bible like a legal document. Um, You know, when you realize that some of the biggest criticisms, one of the biggest charges against Jesus was that he violated the Sabbath. Yeah. I mean, think about this. When the Pharisees accused him of this, they weren't wrong. Like he was breaking their law. He was breaking what everybody yeah. would By their have definition seen. and their understanding yeah. of Even it. Even Jesus' yeah. own disciples were concerned about that. Yeah. Like this is, it wasn't in question. Um, now, we now, 2,000 years later, can say, well, but they had added these things to the Sabbath and Jesus was talking about this. But in the moment, no one who understood Judaism and understood right. Torah would have sided with Jesus in his argument. Right. He was violating what they understood to be sacred doctrine. Yeah. And it wasn't and moral law. even in question. Right. And so here Jesus is essentially, but but look at what's happening in their obedience what they what they saw is obedience to their interpretation of the law they rejected jesus right and that is when we talk about like well it's a slippery slope to say like okay we're listening to the voice of jesus it just seems safer to have this document that then you're just going to that document treating it like a legal document that's not safer because what ends what up is happening way is way more reckless right because now <laughs> it is my interpretation of this right legal document my interpretation of a bunch of other people's interpretation of well, yeah, what Jesus said and did. Like you're, it's multiple steps removed. Right. And so I'm, I'm saying it's safer to operate on my opinion of someone else's opinion than it is to just go directly to what Jesus said and did. That is, that is objectively and not what he's, safer. And what he's saying and doing now. Right. Like that's the thing right. is that he, so when somebody says like, you know, it is true that Jesus will not contradict what he said. Jesus is yeah. unchangeable. He's like he the, the Trinity is unchangeable. And so God will never contradict things that he has said. That's not the same thing as him contradicting my interpretation of what exactly he has right. said. Yep. And we've just we have to be able to grasp that and realize, um, you know, that we need to make sure that we are we are going to him, that we're listening to him that he is a he is a real person and you know and it takes it takes practice it's why we need community it's why we need to be pointing one another back to him and what we mean when we say that because i have heard people ask that before like what do you mean when you say pointing people to jesus mm. and i think you're, you're right like in early in in john just the the come and see just hang on every word he said read I loved what Penny said in her testimony. Penny was great, by the way, wasn't she? Yeah, that was, she was fantastic. fantastic. Um, but one of the things she said that kind of got, I think it got slipped, like just kind of slipped past was uh, she said, I've been reading the Gospels and I never tire of it. Yeah. I mean, I I want that to be me. Yeah. And, and, then, and then said, and the more I see Jesus, the yeah. more I love him. Yeah. 
That's that's what we're what we mean by this. Yeah, and that's not the same. And you can say, well, then, where are you just saying the gospels are more important? No, but when you realize all of Scripture points to Him, right? All of the rest of the right. New Testament is pointing you back to the gospels, right? <laughs> so when I'm reading the story of David and Goliath, I am I am worshiping Jesus. Yeah. And I'm seeing how he has the greater David, the greater David has slayed the greater giant and has rescued us and delivered his people. Um, You you see him, you start seeing him everywhere. And that's, that's the answer. That's why we keep pointing people to that, not to just because you, as you, as we've said before, you can be right about a detail of something, but actually be wrong. Because as you pointed out, Jesus is the truth. And if you're not with him, you're not in, you're not in truth. So, and and when we believe things like, well, the best way to communicate Jesus' truth is the way that Jesus told us not to ever act. Well, that's not that can't be true. Right, it can't be, can't the, be the best way to obey Jesus is to disobey Jesus. Cannot be our approach. And um, and if it's not leading us to more and more humility toward Christ and toward one another, then then I don't see how it could possibly be aligned with the real living Jesus because intimacy with him can only ever produce humility as we grow in our understanding of all that he is and all that we aren't, but all that we get to be with him and in him and through him that can only, that, that's why Paul can with, with, with such unequivocal confidence. I mean, and, and I believe partially because he's inspired by the Holy spirit, but also because he was so confident in saying and the fruit that people who are following Jesus mm-hmm. produce is love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Like these things, like that's what is going to come out of you because that is the character of Christ. And when the spirit is within you, the character of Christ, kindness, patience, gentleness, these are the things that are going to come out of you. And so you cannot communicate the truth of Christ with the character of Satan. Right. Right. those things are in in such stark contrast with one another and so if it is with unkindness and condescension and these things if it is if it is alienating our brothers and sisters um again it's because we're not listening to jesus and in, in luke uh, nine or nine or ten i think it's nine um the disciples point out someone and, and say hey that guy over there is casting out demons in your name jesus you should go tell him to stop and his response is Oh, and, and, and because because he's not following with us, mm-hmm. right? He is not in our camp. So Jesus, you need to go tell them to stop. And Jesus' response is, stop it. You're being, you're being ridiculous. He is, if he is, if he is not against you, he is for you. If he's doing this in my name, then he is for you. But they wanted to say, no, no, but he's not in our camp. He's not with right. us. And I think it's important that he doesn't say, he's not with you, Jesus. He says, they say, he's not with us. And so he doesn't fit within our camp, our denomination, our doctrinal guidelines. And therefore, they are, that is the enemy. And Jesus says, no, he is not. That is not your enemy. He is, they are with you. If he is not directly opposed to you, he is, he is for you because he is for me. And, and so that, that, that humility and actually being willing to listen to Jesus produces a humility toward others. And so I, I can't divide. I can only unite. Right. Except, so I guess, you know, and the only thing I want to want to make sure that we point out is I, I hope that what people are hearing is that this is not easy. Like no, no. discerning the voice and hearing the voice of Jesus. We are all so entangled by sin we're so infected by that. Like, yes, Jesus has redeemed us. He's bought us back from that, but we are still living in the shadow of that. We're still living, we're still living in this world. And until he returns, we will be, we will have a foot in each of these kingdoms. And so we don't see clearly. Um, And so that makes it challenging. And so what we don't want to say is that there's no such thing as false doctrine. There is false doctrine. Right. Um, What we're saying is that there's not just one direction that false doctrine comes from. Correct. That's right. False doctrine comes from all angles. That's right. Because Jesus is not on, like, if you think about going down a road, Jesus is not in either ditch, and he's not even in the middle of the road. Jesus transcends the road. <laughs> he is so like, above, he is the, above road. the road. And so um, so you, you, you can't, 
you can't protect yourself from one ditch by going into the other ditch, but you also can't protect yourself from a ditch by trying to stay right in the middle of the road. There's yeah, not right. the, the balance. There's not a balance between these ditches. He transcends all of it. And so, yes, there is a, such a thing as false doctrine. Yes. Um, it is true that, that, um, that there are very dangerous things to be said in the world of saying like, well, God is love. Therefore my definition of love is what God means. Right. And so, right. um, like that's dangerous or to say, well, Jesus was, um, you know, Jesus was always compassionate and, and kind and gentle. And so therefore there's never a time for, um, a show of, of strength, you know, or confidence or boldness. We see that in Jesus. But again, I would, I would point back, like one thing that's been super helpful to me is, um, you know, one area where I saw in myself using, the teaching of Jesus and of scripture as a legal document is in the area of precedent. So if, if you just hmm. indulge me, let me, okay. cause I know we're running out of time, but I think, I think this could be helpful maybe to one person, but I would like, look, I'm a, I'm an argumentative person and I, I am not afraid of confrontation. I'm, I'm a lot of times it just comes from passion. Like once you get me rolling on something, like I'm yeah. just going to get excited about it. And so I sound like I'm, I can sound like I'm, you know, angry about something or really pushing, but I'm actually just like having fun in a game. It's like playing a yeah. pickup basketball game. And all of a sudden I'm like going hard after rebounds or whatever. It's not because I'm like over competitive. It's just, I love playing the game. And so I'm yeah. going to start playing it with more enthusiasm. And so, so I will do that um, sometimes, but I found myself always justifying it by pointing out the times that Jesus engaged in that kind of, you know, argument yeah, or seeing when Paul would do it. And then I started realizing, man, if I'm, I'm spending a lot of time citing precedent mm -hmm. for something that Jesus rarely did. Yeah. Like, so, so something that is making up. So if I spend 75% of my time doing something that Jesus did 2% of the time, something is really mm -hmm. out of whack there. Yeah. And so I would want to encourage us like, yes, um, it is true. Like Jesus got angry, but in all of his time, how often did Jesus actually get angry? And I've said before that if, if you, if you get angry every day and you're always citing the fact, well, Jesus overturned the table. So therefore <laughs> it's okay. Right. And I'm, I've got this righteous anger. I would say, yeah, he didn't do that every day. Right. And, um, and so, so I, I want to probably the, not angry about what's going on in God's temple. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I'm just not even details, skipping. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> skipping past that details, part at all details. because we have a tendency to really spin things. So yeah. we're like, yeah, this is righteous anger. Um, like even forgetting that, it's like, yeah. how often does that come out? And I, I think that all goes to when you understand you're following a person and you're, and, and you're with, and he, you realize that he's actually with you in that situation. Yeah then then you're following him in that moment you're not following a memory of him you're not following some values or teachings that he left for you you're actually listening to him and following him in the moment and and that will create a much more you know then that's when paul will say you know this is the fruit of the spirit because these things are going to come out and and yeah if you can go down the road of redefining those things you can say, well, yes, love, but loving means speaking the truth and loving, you know, and it's kind is it's unkind. Do you think it's kind to lie to people and you just twist things and do yeah. all that? And like, okay, well at that point I start to say, I don't think you're really interested in hearing from Jesus, right? You're interested in being right. You're interested in being in. And that's what the disciples were doing when they're saying he's casting out demons in your name. He's not with us. They're saying like, but we're in, right? Like we are the ones who are in, and if he, if he's in, then that must mean that we're not like we're missing what's going on here, and and so if that's the case, I just would give a gentle warning or caution that you you know don't take for granted just because you're you believe in these principles that you're actually following Jesus, yeah. and and so we want to be listening to voices that resonate with our Jesus, and the only way to know that is to be immersed in, in listening to him. And, you know, we, we don't have time to talk about all those things, but you, you, this idea of who are you listening to just understand that volume matters, both 
both yeah. noise level and quantity. That's right. It matters. And who you listen to and the voices that fill your head will affect you. Right. That is that is who and what I become. Yep. And there's just no way getting for better or for worse. And so so immerse yourself in the voice of Jesus. And so again, just to kind of like for practical sake to at least for me to wrap up, but you go ahead, Robbie, and anything you want to put in there. But I I would just say like, yes, so you read the word. Be in the word. This is the word of God. The Bible is the word of God. Um, but Jesus is the word of God. Like it's pointing to him. And so read scripture to see Jesus and mm. to hear from him and to listen to him, to hear his voice, to discern his voice. Um, pray and pray in a way that has he taught us to and to listen to him. Listen to the Holy Spirit's voice in you. You will learn to resonate and discern that. The voice of the Holy Spirit will is the voice of Jesus. You know, so listen for that. Listen so so those are two things. So Bible and prayer, but then other godly people, other people, people like Penny, yes. people who are immersed also in those things, listen to them and talk together and and use that discernment together. Um so those are three like so if if you are if you're spending your time there just like in the word to hear Jesus in prayer to hear from Jesus and in conversation with other brothers and sisters who are also immersed in those things to hear from Jesus well then you're going to get a lot better at hearing from Jesus and discerning his voice <laughs> I think you might be onto something there. and then you, then when you are listening to those outside voices or you're reading a book from some other pastor or you're listening and we didn't even get into authority and these different voices or whatever, but I don't know if that's helpful, but, but when you're listening to those things or then you will learn to discern his voice in that. And you'll be able to point things out and say, yeah, I honestly don't know. I don't know what I think about his interpretation of that scripture, but I know that he doesn't sound like Jesus. That's a critical Hmm. point. Hmm. And that happens to me a lot. Yeah. Like I'll hear an argument. Somebody will say, well, this is what this passage really means. If I, if in that tone and in that delivery, I say he, this, this person does not sound like Jesus at all. I do not hear the voice of Jesus in that. Then frankly, I don't really care how good his argument is right. about anything. Like I, I, cause I don't want to hear that because Satan's argument for things is really good. Like he is Satan's, the best at coming up with the most rational and logical arguments. Right. So our goal cannot be who, who sounds like they have the most information or can articulate the argument the best. It needs to be who who exudes Jesus? Who, when I interact with them, do I walk away feeling like, man, there is just something about that person that just makes me think of Jesus. And it's too it's far too easy to be to be taken in by by really good arguments, by really well articulated arguments, by really charismatic teachers. Um, and I mean, I mean, charismatic in the sense of very engaging right. and and uh, very good communicators, um, and and not that people who follow Jesus can't be those things or don't do those things, but that I can be those without Jesus, mm-hmm. and and so and if I am without Jesus, then I am not the voice that I need to be listening to, or at least if I'm if I am not presenting Him, um, and and I need to be first and foremost aware. Not just of, well, are are you doing that? Are you do you sound like that? Do you feel that? I need to be first and foremost aware of where where yeah. am I leaning more on doctrine than I am on Jesus? Where am I listening more to voices other than Jesus? When am I communicating something um, that that is not coming from a place of I, I arrived here because of my intimacy with Jesus and my confidence that that this is what He taught, but from other things? I need to that actual time with Jesus is going to lead me to be much more concerned about where I am than with where you are. Yes. That's so good. It is so tempting. Uh, It's tempting for me to listen to people um, who don't sound like Jesus when they agree with me. It's very tempting when I realize, okay, then what's resonating in me right now? The reason why I'm, in agreement with this article or this teaching or this whatever it is is be, is ultimately because 
it reinforces me being right. Yeah. And that isn't the heart of Jesus. And so I need to think like, am I thinking with a renewed mind? Am I, am I desiring with a, with a new heart? All of this comes full circle to that. And, and our goal, the desire is, and what we will be one day are people who desire purely with a new heart, who think completely with a renewed mind and who speak reflecting the voice of Jesus yeah, you know, and yeah. that that's what it'll be one day. Until that point, we are just sludging through this together, right. trying, you know, becoming like that, obe- obeying to that point and fighting um, for that. So to that end, church, if there's, as you're listening to this, I want, I just want to throw this out there that you have elders, you know, if you're part of Faith Church, we have a team of elders who love you, who are committed to um, being in the word and stuttering, studying doctrine, but also, you know, trying to follow Jesus. Um, so if you come across an article or something that, you know, a teaching or whatever that you're just, you're wondering about that, um, please like share it with us. We, and, and say, and say, Hey, I, I just could use some help kind of discerning this or whatever. And, and, um, I'm not saying to do that so that, you know, because we'll, we'll have the answer and we'll set, set it straight or whatever, but, but we will be able to say, well, here's some questions to ask and here's some things to consider. And sometimes if it's something that is not a black and white issue, we could give you another resource from someone who is godly and respected, who would say something different, uh, you know, about that, um, from a different point of view. Like we want, we want to help you don't, this is not designed. You're not designed to be doing this on your own. It's why God gives us the gift of the church, this family together, and why he has appointed um, shepherds to to love and serve the congregation in this way. And so we want to do that. It is our joy to do that and to serve you in that way. So, um, and as, as always with any other questions that you may have, uh, we just, again, the, the point of this podcast is to not give fully formed, you know, teaching point by point, but just to kind of let you in on the conversation to, to hopefully model how to process through these things and think through these things um, so that we can just be pursuing Jesus more fully together. So thanks for taking the time to listen. Until next time, grace and peace to you. Mm-hmm.